welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Fearon, co-author with Peter Vale of the digital book on practice as a way of being. Find it at mylibrary.world. Now to our show. This is a phrase that came to mind as I reflect on my conversation with Deloitte executive Kelly Harper. I love this business. <laughs> it's a line from a, a very old movie called Home Office by National Lampoon and Rick Moreno, who is quite a harried marketing executive, looks into the camera as he's pumping up his blood pressure cuff and going, I love this business. Well, I love the business of teaching, and now the business is sort of a free-range teacher with a podcast called Practice and a book called On Practice as a Way of Being to be able to connect with former students like Kelly and create a word portrait of her career at the moment and thinking back of all the nice times over the years that I've reconnected with this former student of mine and looking ahead to where she's going to be even five or six years from now. So I do love this business of podcasting. Wonderful people for you to listen to and hopefully take some inspiration from. You certainly will with Kelly. Oh my goodness. Kelly Harper. <laughs> Kelly Harper. <laughs> hey, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I was just thinking before uh, you came on that uh, my career is uh, like one of those really old trees. Now, I wouldn't want to cut my tree down to torture this analogy with you. But, you know, when you do look at a cross section of an older tree, you see these rings. The rounds, yeah, the rings, yep. <laughs> Let's yep. see. So I go in and I go, well, that was a Kelly ring. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Oh, here's another Kelly ring. <laughs> and here's another Kelly ring. So there you, you and I go back. We do. Yeah, 20. I was in your class in 2001. So 22 wow. years ago. I know. I know. Wow. wow. Yep. Well, you know, I, I I always claim that I remember. But, uh, you can get away with that when you're in your 80s. But I do remember. I remember uh, you were among the folks who would come to school after a hard day of anything, a hard day mm -hmm. work, a hard day, a hard life. Just mm -hmm. you had to get in, in a way it was kind of a, a way to uh, kick back and, and relax. So I tried then and now to make those classes kind of fun yes. and, and intriguing because mm -hmm. I, I had empathy for you guys. Mm -hmm. I was all fresh when you came in the room. You guys are like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, just give me something. Can I sit here? Just let me put my head on the, on this arm of this desk for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, you then, and that's why we have so many mm -hmm. rings. I've always wanted to follow your career because you uh, have this outsized intentionality. Mm-hmm. 
you know, being in practice means you have a strong intention to continue to achieve results no matter what the circumstances. Well, if I were had a a, a chart for that, I would. Like, <laughs> you were right up there, and and yeah. uh, but but you were you had moved into Connecticut what from Florida at that time? Yes, yes, I am relocated from um, South Florida to Connecticut in July of two thousand. Yeah. So I had been here less than a year when I first ta- took your class uh, at Central. Did you have <clears throat> any aspirations at that point for college, or was it just like, let me just try it? Um, so I had already completed a two-year degree, and um, yeah. and pri- one of the reasons why um, I I actually chose, so I, I came up with my husband at the time, and mm-hmm. I chose to um, go to Central because they seemed so much more accommodating for people like myself that were trying to work full-time and go to school full-time. That's right. So, and, uh, that, that was a good way of vividly, it. Yeah, I remember vividly, like UConn, like they didn't on at all. Um, you, ha- you can't even have a meeting with a counselor to talk about your classes until you come to an orientation that was only offered at 10 a.m. And I was like, well, I just started a new job. I can't leave, you know, things are different. Like you didn't, you didn't have flexibility like you did today. Like you couldn't leave the office for a 10 o'clock orientation session back then. So no. um, Central was very welcoming. And I remember the days, I mean, this, the building's not even there anymore. Um, you know, where I used to go in the continuing ed center and they would help me kind of figure out what classes I needed. I was faxing them, <laughs> the forms, remember fax machines? <laughs> Those were awful nice people so, over there. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to, I, I like teaching a 19, 20 year olds, but I loved uh, what the continuing ed center back then mm-hmm. would, would, uh, would bring to my classes. Uh, yeah. And I'm in touch still, even <clears> though you're not the only ring on my tree, but I'm in touch with, <laughs> with quite a few from that era. Mm-hmm. In fact, all the way back into the previous century. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I'll, and I'll tell you, I'll claim right now to the thousands of my listeners see thousands of thousands yes Uh, yeah in my imagination i will (laughs) claim that uh i taught and still do this as a form of teaching because i love the connection with aspiring people Mm. not not expiring people that would make me in (laughs) in healthcare. yeah aspiring who who say okay I'm here, I'm doing this, I'm paying these bills, but there's something else that I want. Now, tell me about how that has brought you, Miss High Intention, through so <laughs> many changes. Yeah, I mean, Just I give think- Give me it's, a sampling of a few to sure. refresh my I mean, memory. Absolutely. So I think a lot of it is, you know, coming from, and I mean, you know my story, but for your listeners, you know, first generation college grad, um, no money for college. That's why I was in a situation where I was, you know, in my early 20s and still working on my college degree. I didn't graduate till I was 26. Um, was pregnant in my last semester of uh, Central. So um, yeah. brought my eight-month-old to my graduation. <laughs> so, um, and so I think that when you're, when you start off that way and you're already, I'll call it four or five years behind your peers, there's a constant drive to keep up. There's always this, okay, how am I going to make up for um, for the time that I missed that I didn't start where my peers did. And so I'm still, you know, at this point in my career, I'm still, you know, good 10, sometimes 12 years older than my peers. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. I did the uh, industry and I was a controller. I was working as an executive director at Aetna, managing large teams of people. 
And then I went into public accounting. Like nobody does that. Everyone does it the other way. Everyone starts, you know, right out of college um, with their CPA and they go through the, you know, through the, they, they grind it out and then they do the, the, the big four. They usually leave the big four and go into companies. So I did it backwards, but um, you know, it's really been such a great journey. And I know like when I talk to my clients, they, they value so much that I sat in their seat. Um, you know, so many people that I, that I work with and I like my peers at Deloitte are amazing. Like I'm not, not dismissing their skill set at all. I mean, they've, but a lot of my peers have grown up in the firm. And so they've never seen actually, I mean, they've seen with the clients, but they've never seen it through the lens of sitting in the chair that they sat in. So long, long answer to your question, but I think that it's been just a continual quest to try to make up, you know, the time lost time, not only financially, but also like at leveling. Um, and then just really wanting to be a good example for my boys. You know, I was handed a, a pretty, pretty, um, pretty low, you know, low amount of help on any front for this journey. And so just kind of making, fighting my way through, clawing my way through has been sort of what they know me for, which is nice. I'm going to pause a moment because I have a 21 year old cat who wants to leave my office. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I, I'll, I'll confess that I had to pause with Kelly for a minute to let Billy, the cat who's well over <laughs> 20, uh, out the door of my office, uh, but then that's the Zoom world we all entered, right? A few years back. Kelly, oh, yeah, absolutely. That was certainly a phase of, of your career. Where Were you still at UI at that time during the pandemic? <laughs> yeah, I was at EY. Um, I had, it's crazy because I had just, I was traveling a lot. I had just joined EY in September of 2019. That was when I jumped into the consulting world. And, um, you know, we were, I was actually in Miami um the last week that like I think it was like the week of like March 7th or something like that and mm -hmm. and I remember you know I'm a vendor at that point right when you're with a firm you're considered a vendor a contractor and so mm -hmm. the client had said to us you know we're not going to let any contractors in next week so we're going to just do this remote and um I remember you know all the norms that this is just gonna be a couple weeks you know just oh, for yeah, a couple weeks you know yeah just oh, for a couple weeks back. we're gonna go home mm -hmm. and uh you know, and I went home on the plane that Friday and, and I had, I actually had a, a ticket to go see a different client in Memphis that Monday. And I woke up to a text from like the emergency, whatever from EY saying that, you know, all travel had been suspended and that we were mm -hmm. to be working remotely until further notice. So that was three and a half years ago. Another change, another change and another mm -hmm. change. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I didn't have the courtesy to tell folks that you're now uh, are at, at Deloitte, a, well, mm -hmm. a very well-known firm. And uh, once again, because my memory is very short, since you only told me 10 minutes ago. That's what's okay. What's title? And that's your... right. I'm a, I'm, a senior, I'm a senior manager, and I work in a group called ARA, which stands for Accounting Reporting Advisory. So essentially, our team helps clients basically pass audits, for lack of a better word. We do all kinds of help for IPO. Um, we help them save money in their processes. And then we also help take time off of their clothes and, and different different activities that basically make the financial world run smoother for them. Yeah. Uh, all, all, all to get the, the, their productivity up, their profitability. And yes. hopefully, since you're helping solve some human problems with the toolkits and so forth, making life a little easier, at least for the accountant. Yeah. And that's community. actually one. And it's, you know, and my favorite clients are the ones where that's the priority, right? I mean, you, yeah. you, you hear all the time. I mean, and, and what's so interesting is, 
you know, people are the biggest cost in an organization. And, and a lot of leaders fail to realize that it's going to cost you so much more money to turn over an employee than to make their life um, better. And, and by the way, you know, accounting grads are, we're accounting majors are down 7% since last year, and it's, it's trending downward. People are not wanting to be accountants. And so it's oh. really important to, um, to really value and give them jobs and work that they enjoy. It's uh, definitely going to be a challenge going forward. I, I, that <laughs> surprises me because, well, maybe not from a trend analysis places, but you know, my office was on the floor with accounting faculty and the management department, we had a pretty good enrollment so over time, not, not, mm -hmm. nothing to get too upset about. But I was envious of the accounting enrollments. Now we're talking mm -hmm. now, you know, in, mm -hmm. in the early to earlier 2000s. And uh, it was, uh, what, what do you want to do? Well, I want to go into accounting. Why? Well, it's secure. Yeah. And oh, and it's, it's definitely Polish secure. Kids, the Polish kids. <laughs> My parents insist on it, you know, and yeah, say, yeah. Well, I'm not going to defy your parents, but you know, it, it, you should at least take a few uh, more management electives so you can uh, mm -hmm. understand why the numbers emerge the way they do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not, they don't emerge from a spreadsheet by magic. And no. so I remember those many conversations, but uh, you, why did you choose it? Because you were, you you have an MBA and you have some mm -hmm. a lot of advanced education. Uh, mm -hmm. What is it about accounting itself down deep in your heart that keeps you in it? <laughs> um, so to be honest, I, I kind of became an accountant by accident, um, but it is definitely something I really identify with. And it, it certainly was, certainly was my major, the major chose me. I didn't choose the major. How's that? But I, I really, um, it has done so well for me in my career. Um, and just my life in general. Um, I think what I love about accounting in general is it's it's a language. So yeah. if you know if you know accounting, debits and credits, and different accounting, like it's there's theories and 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 you're surrounded by people that are accountants, and you have this language. And yes, I know super nerdy, and and we have really great parties where we talk about debits and credits, raise the roof, woo, you know. But um, it is a language. I think that at a time when I chose it, I was doing accounting for Pratt Whitney. Um, and I didn't know why, like I would do debits and credits, but I didn't really understand the why behind it. I learned the why behind it when I went to school and I was like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense. And, and I liked the logic of it. I liked that it ticked and tied and that everything had to balance. The balance sheet has to balance. You know, you always have for every debit, there's a credit. Um, I have a t-shirt that says the Zen of accounting for every debit, there's a credit. And it's like, I think any type of like, for me, my, the way my mind works, any purposeful, you know, logic to, to things I can't control, the things I can control is very, um, very attractive to me because there's so much in my life I can't control. Right. And so this is something yes. that I kind of was drawn to. Oh, I so. love that answer. I, I, I think that would make every, <laughs> every listener want to, want to, you know, find a way, a life into the financial side of it because well, and it it's a language true. of business too. Right. I mean, there's, it's kind of nice. I mean, I never it's thought the that of the business. It's a, it's yeah. And I, and I never thought, I never sat here and thought, Oh, I'm going to be a CPA and I'm going to be accounting. Mean, I got my CPA later too. I mean, I didn't get my CPA till 2019, yeah. um, which is very late compared to like, I mean, I graduated in 2003. So no one in their right mind would ever wait 16 years to take the CPA exam except for me. So like, I, know, that, I that, did it all, I did it all backwards. It was terrible. It was terrible. You, but you put yourself through, let's see, I put myself a lot, yes, and back. But, you <laughs> but did, I, I remember yeah. you put that out there. I think I maybe one of the times we had connected, and I thought, I know, from, yeah, again, hanging out on that accounting floor, 
how uh, how rigorous and and I didn't think it's gonna be that hard at all. I'm like, oh, I have to do an accounting. It's so stupid. It. I was it, like, oh, it's it's okay. How hard can it be? I do accounting all the time. It can't be that hard. Oh my gosh, no. it was honest out of my career. But I look back at my career, the, the hardest thing. Plus, I had a a ten year old and a you know and a at the humble was Zach at the time. Well, probably like nine and fourteen year old kids. I had a very oh. big job. Um, so I had yeah. like mate like I had to really stay organized and studied. I remember my favorite like my favorite like kid story on this front is that I would always like make deals with my younger son. Like, Hey, I'm going to study for this test for like, you can either pick, we can either spend two hours together this afternoon or every hour I can play with you for 10 minutes. So you can pick like, do you see mom every 10 minutes, every hour for 10 minutes? Or do we just take a chunk of time? And he chose the 10 minutes model. He liked the model of like every hour he'd entertain himself for 50 minutes and we would hang out for 10. I love and it. so it's it was a great analogy until the the mother the Mother's Day book came out from the from his you know fourth grade class and it was like you know every single student in the class had had put on like a piece of paper like why my mom is Mother of the Year so there's like 25 pages and of course I flipped quickly to Carson's page and it says my mom is Mother of the Year because she plays with me for ten whole minutes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's, it's really giving it like lost the context completely about like <laughs> you know you get the kind of weird looks on parent oh uh, i yeah i know i know <laughs> what is she every, like, i was the it, talk of the town i'm sure like what a crappy month 10 minute wow you know just <laughs> but like that know. was his you know that was and he thought but by the way he thought it was great he thought that was like the best thing ever so well, it's, it's true it was his truth <laughs> to tell yeah unfortunately the interpretation from others probably wasn't didn't make put me in the best light but it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and again, you know, so many people that I've I've taught and, and know and, and value uh, have integrated to the best possible degree uh, personal life, family life, parenting, mm -hmm. uh, everything else that we all do outside of the parameters of a job. And you know, you know the old cliche now: men have it easy. Yeah. And I don't think it's a cliche yet because overall, uh, you know, you had, again, back to intentionality, you had to, you know, you had men in your life, have good relationships, the kids have fathers, obviously, but you, you basically did it yourself and still yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm at, yeah. And I, I, I mean, and I don't think I'm unlike though. I mean, like in my journey and of course, you know, I'm in the dating world now too. I think there's a lot of dads too, right. That, I, I definitely oh, yeah. wouldn't want to discredit. Um, there's also like, there's dads that are better than, that have a better focus than some moms out there, right? But I do think societally, right? Like from the society perspective, like the expectation is on the mom, you know? And and some of it is self-induced and self-imposed, you know? Like I think about how stressed I am this time of year trying to get everything done. And I'm like, oh, you know, presents for the teachers. Well, you know, why wouldn't dad do that? I don't know maybe I'm a control freak and I want to do it. Cause I want to, you know, like, I don't know, it kind of, so it is interesting. It does, it does fall. Um, I do see that slightly changing a bit as, as, as the younger generations are kind of rising up. But I think at the end of the day there, it's a lot of um, pressure that I probably put on myself just to do the best I can for them and, and be their, you know, be their solid ground, their solid footing. Well, uh, just before I started recording folks, I, we did a, we did a, the right catch up that, old friends do and i talked about my kids and then kelly talked about her two boys and uh she has one who appeared in my class uh 
basically in utero. Uh, yes, he, yes, he did. He was, he was in your he, class in utero. Yes, he, he was, was. But he also uh, came back 10 years later. But he, he was did. in utero. Yeah. He came yep. back 10 years later as when Kelly was a guest in my class and had been frequent guest in my classes to inspire students. And now he is uh, finishing his senior year at the University of New Hampshire, SAC, mm -hmm. yeah. and will be a teacher. Yes. Yep. I know. I know. I remember the day he told me that he decided that's what he wanted to do because in true accounted form, I, I've pushed and I'm still, I'm pushing Carson too. I push my kids toward business, right? Like this is where you can go and I can help you and I can connect you and like learn from all the things that I wish I could do differently, right? Like I could get you in <laughs> early, you'd be making great money in your early thirties and all this stuff. And so he did business the first year he's in school of business. And um, he had broken his foot. He broke his ankle one summer foot. I don't remember exactly. We were, I remember we were at Jefferson radiology getting ready for an, an x-ray. And he's like, mom, I got to talk to you. And I was like, oh God, like that's never <laughs> like, what? Oh, oh boy. Sally what is, is pregnant. It? What is it? Yeah. I was like, what's going on? Exactly. Um, and he's like, I decided that I want to teach and I don't want you to be mad at me. And he's like, mad at you. And he's like but I don't have to make a lot of money. And I was like, oh my gosh, all I want for you is to find your passion and your love. And he spent a lot of time actually in him being at UNH is no coincidence because he spent every summer up in Freedom, New Hampshire at summer camp from like the time he was 10 until even he actually was there just last summer. Um, so he was a camper, then he was a counselor, then he was like a unit leader. And so he spends his entire summer up there, um, really loves New Hampshire, but he really loves the kids. And, yeah. and, and connecting to them and, and particularly teenagers. Yeah. Um, so he really, and I think he has a knack for it. I think a lot of the kids really look up to him um, and he's a gamer. So like, of course the kids all love that, you know, he's all into the, you know, all the gaming and stuff like that. And so, yeah. So, I mean, to me, that's all I, I want is for him to have a passion and yes, he will be poor, but that's okay. Um, you know, he's uh, he, he will be happy. And, and, and I think it's important for him to know that giving back is, is a huge accomplishment that that your success is not always measured by what's in your bank account, which I know sounds kind of cliche, but it's it's, it's it's measured by how much you spend, not how much you make. Yeah, and, there uh, you go. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. I'm sure he's learned some very strong principles of uh, financial acumen from his mm -hmm. from your example. Uh, I'm looking at the clock, and I want to go on. We will we will reconnect. It's been a while, folks. I I, I chase. I chase not stock Kelly Harper <laughs> uh, through her career. As I mentioned, I'm, I'm on ring yeah. six right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, um, you you got a really interesting job. What about it uh, in particular makes you eager to get me off the phone so you can go, go back to work? Is there something <laughs> you really love doing among all the ways you're you know, helping? Yeah. You know, leading? it's funny. No, it's good. I mean, what's really funny is I, I actually have found um, such a niche for, for client relationships. Um, it's been something that, cause you know, I grew up as an accountant. I grew up as, as the, as the person buying services and there's a sell, there's mm -hmm. a sales element to my job. Um, you know, going in and, and, and getting clients to trust me, um, you know, trust me, believe in me, be willing to pay. I mean, we're not cheap. You know, no, I mean, if I, I, I promise not to send you a bill for this, but if I did, it would, you know, it would be, <laughs> no, I promise not. Um, <laughs> I'm making but, a face know. folks. <laughs> she used I'm the B word. You a bill. I would never send podcast. you a bill um, for my time, for my time, but no, um, 
So I think just helping clients, that's like my favorite thing. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, um, I did find moving from con- leading large teams in industry to going into consulting, I definitely felt a loss at not leading people. Um, Cause I really love that. And when you're in a firm, it's just different. Like I lead people in projects, but I don't have like an organization that, you know, I help and mold and grow for years on end. And so it's been a bit of a loss for me. And so I think pivoting that to being, a help, being able to help clients and really impactful changes has been really important. And so yeah. the thing that I, I like the most about what I do. Oh man. Um, now uh, we're on ring six, but if I were to reconnect with you and then I'd be well into my eighties, uh, what's ring eight for you? Um, so I am really working hard to get myself into a leadership position with mm-hmm. Deloitte. And so I think that would be my, you know, I, I originally was going for partner, but um, I realized that I really just want that because it sounds good. Like, oh, I made partner. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're my partner. I, I declare. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but it's super practical for someone at my age, honestly, to, um, because there's like a whole vesting process and there's a whole, you know, investment and it's, oh, yeah. um, it, but, but they have an equivalent path um, that they, that they put people on like myself. And so I'm working toward that now. So I'm sure that when we talk, um, you know, in a few years, it'll I'll have a different title, but still be doing the same work. I don't plan to leave Deloitte until they've had enough of me. Cause I, as you know, as the rings, I've had a lot of jobs. Yeah, um, I've made a lot of moves. A lot of fine companies that you've worked yeah, for. Yeah, no, big company, great experiences, um, mm-hmm. really have, you know, taken a path. And then when I feel like I've, I've maxed out at what I could learn from it or contribute to it, I've moved on. And yeah. that has not, it's been harder sometimes, easier other times. Yeah. Um, but all in all, you know, pretty, pretty interesting journey. And you know, I feel good about where I'm at. So hopefully only continue to do good things as I move forward. Oh man, you have, you've given me so much joy today, uh, Kelly. <laughs> you too. No, it's mean, so good to joy. see you. It, yeah. it, it, for, for all the reasons that I've been working on, on this theme of uh, understanding the nature of practice, uh, you've, you've filled out more of my uh, understanding of why being uh, committed to uh, align a practice as you have for all these years, continue opens new ground as other ground closes behind you. Mm-hmm. And who wouldn't want that uh, yeah. to be able to say, yeah, I worked for company X and company Y. And, mm-hmm. and you know, back in the day, if you only worked for one company for 40 years, that was the way it was. Right. That's not Absolutely. the way it is now. Yeah. Mobility is everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, loyalty, of course, to a point, but you have a responsibility ultimately to your own family and to your mm-hmm. future to say, okay, I'm, ch- I'm chock-a-fuck full of learning from here. Mm-hmm. What's out there? Let's see where, divine, you know, yeah. where the universe it is. Now, you're also in a company right now that has so many aspects to it, so many pathways within that mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see you ever having a to be, yeah, to be no, I'm good. I mean, and I, yeah, I, I really, I think that I found my, I think I finally found my place. I want to, I mean, let's face it. I'm, I'm hoping only to work for another 10 or so years. So yeah, I think this will be a good, a good, um, a good punctuation mark at the end of a pretty, pretty rewarding, amazing career. Yeah. Then you'll be a grandma. Yeah. Let's wait on that. Let's definitely get to the 10 year mark. Let's go with that. And so let's, uh, but I do, 
Now Kelly made a face. <laughs> no, yeah, I think well, you want to be. <laughs> it is funny. It is funny when you when you get to that point that it's like kids don't really need you much anymore. And you do start to think about that. Like, oh, it'd be so nice to have grandkids and give them back when they're too much trouble. But we're mm-hmm. always from that. So. Okay, Kelly. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. If you'd like to hear more, go to Automatic, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. And please consider purchasing our book on Practice as a Way of Being at mylibrary.world. It's a digital book with lots of features that you do not see in a conventional book. So once again, thank you, and I look forward to you listening again. now and um, this is conversational analysis